This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. So let's get into it here off the top today. Ken King, the Flames CEO, was on with Danielle Smith earlier today. Obviously to talk about where things stand and the negotiations with the city, about trying to get a new arena built. Is it going to happen? Where is it going to happen? How much city involvement, how much taxpayer involvement is there going to be? And does there need to be? Why do the Flames feel they need a new arena? What are the shortcomings with the status quo? What are they looking to get from a new arena? Right, I think just the, the date that the arena was built does not guarantee more profits. I mean, they're very specific things that the Flames are looking for to, I guess, maximize their profits. So what are those things? So there are a lot of questions around this. Uh, but obviously, Ken King is, has been in the news for the past few days because of some remarks he made last week on a Toronto radio station. Uh, basically saying that we're not going to threaten to move the team, but if we don't get a deal done, we're going to move the team. Which is, I think, really a threat. I mean, a threat may or may not be something you intend to follow through on. There's an empty threat, I guess, that would be something you don't intend to follow through on. Versus a threat, which is, this is what's going to happen if things go down this way. So why don't we start with that? The question of whether Ken King was making a threat. Whether the team is threatening to leave if they don't get a deal done. So here was uh, his his response to that this morning. First off, uh, that would be the dumbest launch of a threat you could ever have to blurt something out to a radio station in Toronto, right? If you were going to deploy this this brilliant tactic, which wouldn't be very brilliant, right? Um, You you wouldn't do it that way. A threat is a tactic to get something. Um, Just moving is the outcome of failure. There are two entirely separate things. Now, I will never live long enough to explain that that it isn't what people think it is. But, um, you know, I, w- I was reminded of whatever that old adage is, um, always speak the truth, but sometimes don't speak. Um, so if you could have just cut that interview off yeah. one sentence earlier. Yeah, and, and you know what the answer is? You know, we'll deal with that when the time comes. I assume people must have lots of views about what might happen if we fail. But but moreover, today and every day onward and every day from that day is I just want to talk about success. I want to talk about getting the thing done. I don't want to talk about the notion of failure. I don't want to introduce the idea of failure. If it fails, it will be uh, terribly unfortunate. And I, I'm going to go on the assumption that it won't fail. Hence, you don't need a threat. If, if, if you think you're going to have success, then you don't need to worry about it. Well, okay. I think that's a fair point, that why talk about this failing? Why introduce that into the conversation? Right? And so maybe that's where he made a mistake, by talking about what would happen if this doesn't work out. But I think he's trying to draw a meaningless distinction here. He's trying to say that an empty threat is the same as a threat, and it's all just a tactic. I don't know. You don't really know until it actually happens whether a threat is an empty threat. But I think that's what we saw here. Now, we're really getting into semantics here in terms of what the word threat means and the difference between an actual threat and an empty threat. But I do wonder, though, if this is an empty threat, because I'm really not convinced that even if a deal doesn't get done, that the Flames are going to move, because I don't really know where on earth they would move or where on earth they're going to get a better deal than even what they have here with the status quo. So I I do think it is a little bit of an empty threat, but I do agree with him that I don't think threats are helpful.
And I think that's really what that was. Once you start talking about the team leaving, that I mean, that's a threat. Maybe you mean it. Maybe it's, it's what's actually going to happen. Maybe it's not an empty threat, but it still is a threat, I think. All right. Another point here from Ken King. Now, he was asked the question about the Flames being the 10th most profitable team in terms of operating income, not in terms of total revenue, but in terms of how much you make it at the end of the day. Now, we talked about this yesterday. Now, these numbers come from Forbes. Forbes put out a list each year, ranking the teams on their value, ranking the teams on the amount of revenue they bring in, ranking the teams on the amount of operating income they have. Now, according to Forbes, the Calgary Flames rank 10th on that list. For the 2016 numbers, the Flames had a profit of $18 million. That was 10th best on the list. There are a number of teams that lost money. I'm sure would love to come to a market where they can make money. But nonetheless, it had the Flames at 10th overall. Now, not everybody accepts the Forbes numbers at face value. And it's probably tough to get a clear picture of what the actual numbers are because the teams don't release this information. And the Flames are no different. Uh, And that's fine, I guess, if they don't want to open up their books. But the fact is, if they're going to dispute these Forbes numbers, then they should counter with here are what the actual numbers are. So that was the premise to this question here of the profit that the Flames are making. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where he got those numbers. <laughs> if it were true, maybe yeah. you wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Actually, somebody else made a forecast of all the fortunes that 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 we make. I said, look, if we were making that kind of money, we wouldn't be asking anybody for anything. And and literally, we are asking for nothing. We want to make a contribution to a piece of public infrastructure. If in fact people in Calgary, uh, not us, and maybe not even city council, but city council is charged with it, if they think that a that a building like this as is most often the case everywhere in North America, everywhere in the world, you have one. Uh, some of them are new, some of them are old, some of them are fortunate enough to have one or two, sometimes three great tenants, a basketball team, a hockey team, that type of thing. So it's a piece of, of public infrastructure. It's a good thing to have for social, cultural, entertainment reasons, and sports. So if if we're going to have one, great. We think we should participate in that. And by the way, our participation would be very, very significant. And I think that'll be very clear. What I said also is I can't wait to get this out in the public, for people to understand really what the thing will look like. I am really confident that when they see it, they'll say, oh, 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 okay, that makes more sense. Now, you can't negotiate in public. It just doesn't work. Okay. Well, that was an interesting clip. He talks about getting this out in the public. And it's not clear what he's referring to. So maybe that means the Victoria Park option. Maybe it means that the city and the team are closing in on some kind of an arrangement uh, that would see a new arena built in a revitalized Victoria Park. And that once we see what that's going to look like and how it's all going to work, that we're all going to get really excited about it. Which, again, I mean, if if the city and the team are that close, why on earth are are both the the mayor and the team out there uh, causing these, these waves? I find that interesting. The point about the, the Flames' profitability, and look, Ken King's being a little disingenuous there. He knows full well what the Forbes numbers say. And look, again, if the team disputes the Forbes numbers, that's fine. They see their own books. They see what's in Forbes magazine. Uh, they would know if those numbers are different. But they're not telling us is the point. They're not going to tell us how much profit they made. So I think he's being a little disingenuous there. If he wants to dispute the Forbes numbers, then tell us why they're wrong. Tell us what the numbers are. Why are they afraid to open up their books? 
if it comes down to whether the team can be profitable here, isn't that relevant? Isn't that a relevant question? I mean, if the team's losing money, are they still going to lose money with a new arena? Then if, look, if, if they're not going to make money here no matter what, then maybe they should leave. Or is it a case that they're losing money now and they're going to make money in a new arena? Well, how is, how is it going to be that dramatic of a change? So, yeah, I think the team's profitability is a very big question because what they're saying is we need a new arena to stay here. So, yeah, profitability is, is a key point. And so he brushed off the point about the Forbes numbers, but they haven't really shown us what the numbers are. Listen, we'll take another quick break here. I've got a couple more clips of Ken King I wanted to play. Some more thoughts on what he said today. Some uh, opportunity for you to react as well. 403-974-8255. We're back after this. All right, welcome back. 403-974-8255. A couple more clips here from uh, Ken King talking about the arena debate this morning, where things are at, where the, the team hopes they go, what might happen if things don't get done. Now, the question was put to Ken King about building an arena with their own money that this would be a whole lot less stressful for everybody, including the team. They just went out tomorrow and said, hey, you know what? We're going to build this arena, folks. Uh, so here's what he said uh, in, in response to that. Uh, in uh, Montreal and in Toronto and in New York, in Los Angeles, you can do, you can do these things privately. Uh, they work. There's a massive market there. There's a massive return. Places like Edmonton, Winnipeg, Regina, uh, Hamilton, Ottawa, and people say, well, why is he talking about Regina? Go have a look at this beautiful new football stadium they got there. It is unbelievable. All public money. Um, now, it's a community team, you might argue. So most normally, in order to sometimes attract teams yeah. uh, and sometimes to keep teams, that, that these are kind of public enterprises, we didn't go that far. We would, By the way, we would take the Edmonton deal in two seconds. It's a, it's a very, very good deal, and it would appear that the people of Edmonton uh, well, it, they had more gnashing of teeth than this in the process, uh, big time. Uh, I think they've all reconciled to the fact that, hey, this is really good for our city. Oh, it's true. There's lots of yeah. people who said I was opposed before, but now I've seen it. And yeah. I was just in, up there a couple of weeks ago. Including the political people. Now, I, also, I want to I wanna defend our, our council here. These, they're not against what we're trying to do. We're trying to figure out how to do it. There, there's no, I don't think there's any discussion about, well, we shouldn't do this. The question is, what will it look like? How uh, will the deal uh, come to pass? And then let's get it out and, and let's have the uh, public understand what it is. Okay, so, and they said they would take the Edmonton deal in a heartbeat. And maybe that's what this final arrangement is going to look like. Let's remember here. And when the city took a look at the Calgary Next idea, the city administration who studied this, that the actual price tag of Calgary Next would be more like $1.8 billion, and taxpayers would be on the hook for about $1.3 billion. So the city of Edmonton did not chip in anything close to $1.3 billion. But the point about private financing of an arena, now King King mentions New York and Toronto Montreal. You could have thrown Los Angeles on that list. Yeah, okay, those huge, huge markets. Yeah, maybe you can get arenas built with private dollars in those markets. But is it realistic elsewhere? Well, the markets that he failed to mention that are in the NHL, well, I guess Las Vegas is going to be in the NHL, an arena built there with private funds. Philadelphia, an arena built there with private funds. Columbus, Ohio, an arena built there with private funds. Vancouver, an arena built there with private funds. Uh, interestingly, Ken King mentioned Ottawa. Well, it's true that the federal government contributed $6 million to building the arena in Ottawa. But that's it. 
The rest was private financing. Ken King saying that they can get an arena built with $6 million from government. Then fine, great, let's make that deal. And he mentioned Winnipeg as well. Uh, the contribution from government was a little bit more in Winnipeg, but it was $40 million. And again, it seems like the Flames are looking for a lot more than just $40 million from the city. So, yes, there have been arenas built in markets comparable to Calgary with private funds. And also arenas built in markets comparable to Calgary with relatively minimal private or rather public funds. But it is probably true that I think the norm now in North America for arenas and in particular stadiums is a lot of public funding. I'll concede that point. One more from Ken King here. Where he talks about how this public funding would be there, the, this idea of a, a CRL. I think they also had a casino that was approved, so they have casino revenues. Yeah, it's complicated. And a but, ticket tax as but, well. Yep, yeah, yeah uh, much, uh, it's somewhat similar to ours, but, but the city put up a very, very significant portion of money, uh, and, uh, and in return for that, um, the Cats Group took a 35-year lease, which... Very reasonable. Their CRL uh, was critical, and that's a provincial jurisdiction. That is a provincial call. <clears throat> Pardon me. Not everyone understands what a CRL is. It is tax uh, from properties, hotels, and things that will be built that would not otherwise exist. So, yeah. so it's not as though you're stealing from Peter to pay Paul here. Um, if we were to uh, be in, in, in Calgary next, in West Village, or in Victoria Park, and I'll be happy to address why the city wants to be in Victoria Park. I understand why they want to be there. Not a horrible idea, by the way. Well, okay, See, so I think there's some compromise there, but the point about a CRL, we mentioned this yesterday. And in fact, the Flames were warned way back in 2011, the West Village was a bad idea, that if you wanted a CRL to work there, you would need to have some pretty high density, office towers, condos, etc. And if you're going to have an arena and a stadium, that's going to take up a huge amount of land. Remember, the arena and the stadium aren't paying the property tax. You're counting on all this other stuff being built to pay the property tax. doesn't leave a lot of room if you're cramming an arena and a stadium in there. Uh, so that's a big problem with this massive complex and it being in the West Village. But you kind of are moving around tax revenue. I mean, right now, you look at the dearth of, of, uh, of tenants in, in downtown office towers. We're going to add a whole bunch more to the mix. There are only so many businesses that exist in Calgary. There are only so many people that live in Calgary. Now, they can choose, I guess, to be next to a new arena, or they can choose to be downtown, or they can choose to be somewhere else. But you're basically moving stuff around. So it's not really new tax revenue or tax revenue that wouldn't otherwise exist. You're, you're just moving around where it's coming from. So that's something to keep in mind when you're talking about a CRL. Uh, listen, well, some time for your calls coming up after 1 o'clock. We'll talk about hockey on another front and this uh, standoff now between the NHL and the IOC and a lot of players caught in the middle, it seems. Uh, so we'll get to that. Before we go any further, however, it's time now for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with a door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.